I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome to the Lamplighters podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. And we are grateful to be on the journey this year with you as we travel through the Bible following some stories of some women who have really impacted our faith. So this week, we are on part two of our three-part series on Ruth and Naomi. Last week, we were introduced to the wider context of this incredible love story, and we got a glimpse of Ruth's very courageous, kind, and loyal character. Mm -hmm. We met her and her mother-in-law in the midst of tragedy in Moab and upon their return to God's people in Israel, and they were destitute and without resources. Mm -hmm. So what is chapter two? Well, this week, I want to pay particular attention to a theme, um, or I guess I should say two themes that are all over this story. I want to concentrate on obedience and unconditional love and how we see these two women formed and reformed by God because of, and sometimes despite, their choices. Mm. First, let's take another look at Naomi. Because of a severe famine, she and her husband, along with their two sons, moved to Moab from Israel. But remember, they were told not to mingle with these people. And moving in is a whole lot more than just mingling. (laughs) And while they were there, the sons married Moabite women, which was expressly forbidden. So we see disobedience in both of these actions. They lived there for 10 years before the tragic deaths of all three of the men. And the women are left with no way to support themselves. And as a result, Naomi decides she is going to return to Israel. She encourages both of her daughters-in-law to stay in their homeland, but Ruth steadfastly refuses. So I want you to pay attention to two things here. First, Naomi is so bitter and so angry with God that she changes her name to Mara, which actually means bitter. So it seems like she isn't making this choice out of a desire to get back into the land God chose for his people and get back in his graces, but more likely because she is hoping there is some family left there to take care of her. Mm. Kind of makes you wonder why the family hadn't returned to their homeland already, doesn't it? But remember what I said earlier about disobedience. Now, second and more importantly, Ruth loves her mother-in-law and is incredibly loyal to her and refuses to leave her and in choosing to stay, also makes a proclamation of faith. She says, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Sometime in that 10 years of living with this family, Ruth had picked up enough about the God of Israel that she believes. This is huge. Mm. Um, And certainly is hopeful. Oh, yes. (laughs) There's a lesson uh, for all of us in this. Elimelech moved his family to a place that would work counter to their faith. And it says they moved to sojourn, which means a brief stay, but they ended up living there as you said, settling Mm -hmm. in, marrying local girls, putting down roots. So while they might have gotten away with a little while, the extended stay impacted them all, and not in good ways, except 
for the impact that the family had on one of their daughters-in-law, Ruth. Mm -hmm. And I think the lesson for me is to pay attention where we put down roots. Absolutely. Because it makes a difference. Yeah, it does make a difference. All right, well, so that brings us up to today's lesson. In an act of unconditional love and loyalty, Ruth has returned with Naomi to Bethlehem, and the women are trying to figure out what they're going to do for food. And if you're not sure why this is an act of unconditional love on Ruth's part, remember what Jan said last week. She is a despised foreigner, a widow, totally unaccustomed to this culture, and she doesn't know anyone except Naomi. It would have been a very deep love that would have her choosing this fate. Mm -hmm. And as luck would have it, it's the beginning of the barley harvest. Ruth decides she is going to find a field to glean barley for them. In this one step, we see her dedication to Naomi and her determination to do something to provide for them. Ruth is definitely a strong woman. Since they were poor, there was a provision in the Jewish law that they could go behind the workers who were reaping the barley and they could gather up any of the dropped or missed grain. Mm. As it turned out, she ended up in a field owned by Boaz, and it just so happened that he showed up at the same time she did. Aren't these a bunch of crazy coincidences? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure to someone who is not familiar with the Lord of the Israelites, this looks like these are probably two of the luckiest women in the world whose timing is extraordinary. Um, But since we believe in the providence of our loving Heavenly Father, we can see these instances just as evidence of his fingerprints and plan caring for Ruth and Naomi and also caring for another one who enters this story. Yes, there is more, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Boaz sees Ruth and asks his overseer who she belongs to and is told she is the Moabite woman who came with Naomi. Now, we have to know at this point that Boaz has already heard that she is there and that she's taking care of um, Naomi. Mm -hmm. So let's just say her reputation has preceded her. Boaz then tells Ruth to stay and work with the women, and he will make sure she is protected from the men. He also told her to get water whenever she was thirsty, and this is all pretty amazing. She has basically snuck into his field so that they would have food and ends up being given not only permission, but his protection. And favored status. Yes. I mean, and don't you know his men were wondering what in the world was going on? This Mm -hmm. was unprecedented behavior on the part of Boaz. Right. Well, Ruth is grateful. But she also wonders why he's doing this for her, because it was highly unusual behavior. So I think it's a good time to talk about Boaz. In the first verse of chapter two, we see that Boaz is a man of standing. What we learn as we read more about him is that he's a man of noble character. And what he's doing is he's obeying a command from the Torah when he shows this generosity in helping the poor and widowed by allowing them to glean from his harvest. Um, as I said, word has spread throughout the town of, or whatever you call it. Bethlehem. <laughs> Bethlehem. <laughs> of uh, Ruth's unconditional love for Naomi. And so Boaz is inspired, and it probably leads him to treat Ruth with kindness. Mm-hmm. He, Since he's already aware of her, um, he blesses her. And he says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I think he has recognized a kindred spirit in Ruth, and he feels drawn to her in some ways. 
This is especially noteworthy because she is a Moabite, and you would think that alone would change his opinion. But there is obviously something different about Ruth. So Boaz invites her to have a meal of roasted grain, and then she goes out to work again. He orders his men to let her gather among the sheaves and even tells them to take some of the stalks from the bundles for her to pick up, which I think is so cute because it's like, (laughs) he's like, just go ahead, throw a few extra ones out for her. Let her find the Easter eggs. exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, if you think about this, it's really quite extraordinary behavior for a respected, devout Jewish male. I mean, men just did not eat with women in public. Mm -hmm. And another thing that is quite interesting to me about Boaz is that he obviously was familiar with the ones who gleaned his fields regularly. And he knew that Ruth was new. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe she was dressed differently. Maybe no one was talking to her as all the other women were working together. Maybe she was beautiful. Well, she was beautiful. But regardless, Boaz knew the others, and he didn't know her. So he asked, and then he acted. He was drawn into the story that had been Ruth's story. And now we know the story has expanded to include Boaz. Yeah, so by now we're all realizing this, these aren't just lucky coincidences. Um, Ruth's love for Naomi has led her pr- to protect her and find a way to provide for both of them. Ruth is doing the hard work and God is rewarding her. None of this is coincidence. God is there from the beginning, leading her in her choice of field so that she comes face to face with the one man God had chosen to redeem her. And we'll get to more of that story next week. I know, I can hardly wait. But wouldn't this make a fabulous list, my favorite thing of all, right, Mm -hmm. of all the ways that God has provided for and protected Naomi and Ruth? Mm -hmm. It Not only does it reveal God's sovereignty and providence, but we see His grace, too. Just that the Lord delights in gifting us with things we absolutely do not deserve, nor can we have a right to. Mm -hmm. Um, His graciousness is reflected in both of these characters and in the situation. So, I'm eager to learn what happens next. Well, Ruth gathers up her day's work and heads back to Naomi. And Naomi is thrilled and asks where she works and said, blessed be the man who took notice of you. And I wonder if this is the first crack in that hard <laughs> shell of a woman named Mara that, Na- that Naomi had become. Um, Ruth tells her the man's name is Boaz. And you guessed it, another grace from God. Boaz is one of the family guardian redeemers, a close relative. And Jan, you also referred um, to Jesus as our guardian redeemer last week. So I think it probably needs a little explanation. Mm -hmm. So it was a legal practice in Israel. This is back in Deuteronomy 25, where if a man in the family died and left behind a wife or children or property, it was the redeemer's legal obligation to marry the widow and protect the family and their land if he could afford to. Um, This surely was a sign of hope for Naomi. Naomi instructed Ruth to stay close to the women and continue to glean barley until the harvest was over. Ruth was obedient, and the two women lived together. And it's interesting to note that Naomi knew that Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. Yes. But Ruth didn't didn't have a clue. No. Right. Okay, and that's an important clarification about the whole Leverite marriage thing because it's going to come into play later as Boaz negotiates for the right to redeem Ruth. Right. All right, I want to go back to those two themes, unconditional love and obedience that I mentioned in the beginning. Uh, Ruth's unconditional, 
unconditional love for (laughs) Naomi. Stumbling today. (laughs) Led her to make some pretty remarkable and selfless decisions that are not easy to spot. I want to say that Naomi also felt unconditional love for Ruth. And that is what pointed her back in the right direction and softened her heart. Mm. Now, remember, this whole book of Ruth is a love story. And this is just one part of it. After returning to Judah, Ruth and Naomi continue to show loyal love to each other. In fact, the word hesed, a word that means loyal or faithful, loving kindness, is the kind of love these women showed each other. God is also seen as a source of hesed throughout the book of Ruth. Despite their dire circumstances, we see him provide what Ruth and Naomi needed at exactly the right time. When Naomi discovers that Ruth has begun gleaning in the fields of Boaz, who is a relative of her late husband, she rejoices at the loyal love of God, saying that his kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi is once again recognizing the unconditional love of her Lord. I think it's safe to say that Naomi has changed back from Mara to Naomi at this point. Or... At least she's on the way. That's right. Because other things happen. Well, they all do. That reinforces the non-Mara part of her. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy for us to read this story and make the connection between Ruth's obedience and God's provision and look at her as an extraordinary woman with exceptional faith. But if we do, that's missing the point. These are two very normal, ordinary people struggling with complications of life and having to make choices that aren't always easy. Think of the decision that Ruth made to stay with Naomi. Ruth didn't know how her story would end, but her faith kept her doing the next right thing. Mm. God guides those who want to obey him and serve others. Because Ruth was concerned for Naomi, God led her. When life took unexpected turns for Ruth and Naomi, they struggled, they grieved, but they also remained loyal to each other and noticed the loyal love of God breaking into their darkness, providing for them moment by moment, day by day. They faced their circumstances with boldness and wisdom and courageous action. Throughout Ruth's life, we see the hand of God redeem her from a desperate situation and slowly guide her to a life of blessing. Her struggle turned into an opportunity for God to show his faithfulness, and it all started with Ruth's unconditional love for Naomi and obedience to God's commands. And this is all true for us. We face difficult, dire, and even devastating circumstances in this life. But what we need to do is just take the next right step in faith. The Hmm. situations we face are never so great that God cannot penetrate. He knows exactly what we are going through and will intervene on our behalf in His time. Living in expectancy means we must expect God to come through for us. When Ruth left to find food for them, you sense that she expected to find it. And there's so much more to this story. As we continue next week, we will see even more clearly that Ruth's example of obedience and doing the next right thing reveals how God can use our consistent acts of ordinary faithfulness, devotion, and love 
to further his extraordinary plan of salvation. You know, that is a whole picture of what Hesed really is, Mm -hmm. which is more than just loving kindness or unconditional love. It's it's the kind of love that sticks with you no matter what. Right. And that's what these women had for each other, and that's certainly what God had for them. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to leave us with this week? Well, we all know. We all have times that we're tempted to just give up. No, no, not me. (laughs) Well, I know for me, it happens most often when I can't see beyond the problem I'm having. I get too focused on finding a solution instead of just taking the next right step and trusting God with my direction. Mm -hmm. So where in your life have you lost sight of God's ability to provide? And what do you need to do to regain the faith to obediently take the next right step? You know, there is nothing that makes me trust the Lord like desperation. To be totally, completely, and absolutely dependent on God is true for every moment of every day. But most days, I don't live like that. And I learned a real lesson on this when we were doing mission work in the bush of Zambia. Our Christian brothers and sisters, of course, prayed the Lord's Prayer with us. Mm -hmm. But they had a huge difference. So when they prayed, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, they meant it. Mm -hmm. Because if he didn't provide, they didn't eat. Right. Much like Ruth and Naomi. And so what I would like to tag on to your application for the week for us to ponder and pray is this. Lord, give us a constant sense of our radical dependence on you for everything. Let us rejoice in that dependence and show us the next right thing. Yeah. Until next time. 